Man, oh man, two under two is crazy enough. If you know me at all, if you follow me on Instagram or even this podcast on Instagram, Facebook, anything like that, uh, you know that I am pregnant. I am about 26 weeks pregnant now with our third baby. And this baby is going to make us a family with three under three for about two months until our oldest turns three. I'm super excited. Believe it or not, this is planned. We are 23 years old, but yet we're still planned for this. So that makes us kind of crazy. It's fine. It's fine. But yeah, this podcast episode is going to be a little bit about my experience so far with two under two with postpartum depression and anxiety some of the sacrifices i've had to make uh priority shifts and stuff like that that just comes with being a parent um it's not to scare anybody into not having kids having kids is the best thing that could have possibly happened to me and i would never change the world obviously like this one's planned and like that you know that's crazy but it's true like we wanted to have another kid right now and so we wouldn't do that if we weren't having the time of our lives um but yeah hope y'all enjoy and let's get into the episode hey guys so Today, I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about having two under two um, and preparing for three under three. Uh, I'm really excited, and like I said in the introduction, this was planned. Um, So Luke was actually a happy accident. Our first was a happy accident. I had always wanted to be a mom, but then whenever I got married, and I guess just with all the changes that were already happening. So like I went to college, and then um, if you don't know, my husband... Two weeks before I left for college, he left for basic training with the Army. And so we didn't see each other more than probably five or six times for a full year. And then we got married. And it was like, like we got, we were engaged for six months, but we didn't see each other for that six months. We only saw each other like once or twice that whole time for like a couple days. And so when we got married, I was probably just, you know, honestly being a little selfish. And I didn't want to. Uh, have kids immediately. I just wanted to be married for a little bit. And yeah, he deployed (laughs) three months in. And so throw that away. (laughs) I didn't really get to be married for that long. Uh, But a week into deployment, I found out that I was pregnant. And yeah, that was a fun FaceTime. Um, And that kind of shifted everything, obviously. Obviously, that shifted everything from just a let's get through this deployment and then, you know, figure this out again to, oh, we don't have time for any of that. We don't have time to figure things out or to, you know, be married for a little bit. Like, you're going to be a parent when you come back. And so um, I was worried and scared and anxious and depressed, to be frank, about not being able to, you know, quote unquote, trace my dreams. And, you know, I was worried that, you know, I wouldn't be able to have the same career path that I wanted, which I didn't, but that's a good thing. <laughs> my original plan, y'all, when I went to college, my plan was to be on Broadway, which is not family friendly, in case you don't know. Um, being even I wanted to be a choreographer or something like that, I didn't have to perform. I just wanted to work with theater, and theater is just not a family friendly world if you're doing it 
professionally at that level like you can you can have a family and be doing theater even professionally but at that level it's like either you're traveling or you're doing eight shows a week and you're never home and actors work at night and so you know you have a day job and then you go to your night job which is acting and then you know it's, it's just like a lot and I was prepared for that at a very surface level uh, I knew I wanted to marry Austin but I was willing to wait until I graduated from college at least at first I was willing to wait um for the four years before we got married uh but then you know that changed and so then obviously I moved and I still was going through theater arts classes and stuff for college and then I got pregnant and that was like oh like you're really like the school I was at which is it wasn't my favorite experience they were just basically like you're pregnant so you can't do anything and I was like, okay, I mean, like, I know my body pretty well, <laughs> um, but sure, like, I've been dancing since I was four, I was actively working out and everything, and I was super freaking healthy, and so I was like, you're not even gonna let me, like, be on a stage, like, at all in any capacity, I probably don't want to be here, so <laughs> I ended up transferring um, to elementary education, and if I hadn't have done that, I never would have even thought about going for my master's in music education and getting the degree I'm getting now, which is uh, my second bachelor's in um, commercial music. And so that's like, there's so many things, a domino effect of just one quote unquote dream being crushed, one, you know, change of plans actually ended up in a whole bunch of other things that are for me selfishly, like, you know, my personal dreams and desires and, you know, goals and stuff like that. But then not even regarding myself, outside of myself, I've grown as a person and I might have better relationships and deeper relationships with God and with friends and family and all of that because I had to change one thing, which was my career choice. I had to change one thing and it set off this domino effect. So anyway, that's a tangent <laughs> for, uh, just to start us off there, but um. <laughs> I was also scared about other things. I was scared that I wasn't going to have a good enough support group to maintain my sanity, to be frank. I thought that I wasn't going to have, you know, an army community, a church community, a family, you know, that was going to be able to support me enough to where I could be a whole person outside of being a mom. I thought, crap, like, that's it. This is the end. Basically, like, not to be dramatic, but I was being pretty dramatic. I was like, this is literally the end of just Jessica. I'm no longer, you know, Jessica, Ramon. I'm not, you know, anything like that. I'm just this baby's mom, this baby's mom, this baby's mom. I'm nothing outside of that anymore. And I, that's, I was genuinely like worried about that um, because I'm a pretty independent person. I hate group projects, for example. <laughs> I hate group projects. Ugh. Working on a team is great because I have other people to rely on. But yeah, I hate group projects um, because on the same side of me wanting to rely on people so that I'm not the only one failing, I also don't like to rely on people because if I feel confident in a situation, I don't want to be dragged down. And all of this makes me sound like a horrible person. And to be honest, that has a lot to do with what this episode is about. It's not just, you know, how I grew as a mother or like I got over the fact that I was going to be a mom now. Honestly, it's about me growing as a human <laughs> and becoming a better human because um, I was extremely selfish, which we'll get that. We'll get to that in a second. Um, So three months into my pregnancy slash deployment, I was diagnosed with prenatal depression. And a lot of people have probably gone through this 
And a lot of people have probably gone through the same steps I have, which was I went to see my doctor and she referred me to a psychologist. And the psychologist who I just met for the first time ever spoke to me for about 20 minutes and said, oh yeah, you're definitely depressed. Here's some Zoloft. And I'm pregnant. And so I was worried about that. And he was like, oh no, it's safe. It's the lowest dosage. And then I asked him, well, is it even worth it then to take the lowest dosage if I'm, you know, severely depressed, like you say? And he was like, well, we'll monitor and adjust and blah, 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 and all stuff. And I just didn't feel comfortable with it. And a lot of people do, and they like, you know, a billion times better, and that's totally great. But for me, I didn't feel comfortable with it. So I talked to my mom, talked to my Nana, who um, is super holistic, and gave me two vitamins, uh, vitamin C and vitamin B12, but specifically lipospheric vitamin C and Trevita's like slow dissolve under the tongue B12 uh, that crosses the blood-brain barrier and all that jazz. So I started taking those two things. I read a book called A Mind of Your Own by Dr. Kelly Brogan. I thankfully was invited to attend a women's conference um, at all at the same time, like all around the same time. Luke had already been born by the time the women's conference had happened, but I was still like obviously in this, you know, moment. Um, but by the time I had finished the book, I had gone to this woman conference with Dr. Caroline Leaf, who was an MD gone holistic. So she was a medical doctor. And then as she was being a medical doctor, she was like, I'm not seeing people be healed. I'm just seeing them maintain and cover up the symptoms of depression anxiety bipolar disorder like other like all of these things and she was like I'd rather work with them on their healing than just watch them survive and so that was really insightful but back to in the actual moment so I'm taking these new vitamins I am going to the gym every other day I'm swimming on those every other days in the summer at least I miss swimming so much um and I'm eating tons of salads and drinking a ton of smoothies and drinking a lot of water and all this stuff and so like I'm making physical changes because I'm like don't want to be depressed right and so I go stay with my family three out of the four weeks of every month of deployment I kept our house in Oklahoma but I would go home to Texas and I would stay with my family and I was doing online school like I said I transferred to elementary education and so it was online. I was able to actually do that. And my sweet, sweet ranger baby, who doesn't get nearly as much love as he used to, he cuddled me and it just gave me like all the love. Um, he was definitely my, my fur baby. And yeah, I got through deployment that way. I also had a heart condition um, called syncope where I actually needed to stay active. I still have that heart condition. I've had it since I was 16. So just shout out to all the people that have said, you know, you need to rest more and stuff like that. Yeah, like maybe probably in a spiritual sense, I need to rest more. Um, but physically, no, <laughs> I need to stay active. Um, if I sit down or even lay down for too long on the wrong side, like I have to lay on my left side. But if my blood isn't getting back to my head, then I literally like pass out. So I was figuring all of this out for the first time basically alone. Um, I didn't make a lot of good solid friendships during this time. Uh, I didn't build like a good army community, um, which isn't entirely my fault because I didn't have a lot of time to begin with <laughs> to prepare for all of this. Um, but I did have my family and I had Austin's family and, you know, we made it. Um, and a day after Luke was born, 
Austin came home and I was super freaking happy, obviously. Like, I am over the moon. Austin's home, you know, they did, if you watched last week's episode, watched, listened to last week's episode, you know that they took him away again uh, for like a good few days to a week or so. Um, Even though he was on leave for the baby, they took him back so that he could go to the board and promote, which eventually he did, you know, a month later, so it's fine. But (laughs) I was still just super ecstatic because I, I had Austin home and we had family and friends visiting and stuff like that. And so I didn't feel, which a lot of people say, oh my gosh, that's horrible. Like you had family visiting and stuff. And I'm like, no, actually, like they let me do what I wanted to do, which I was really grateful for, which was, you know, if I wanted to just hold Luke and sleep, then I could, if I really wanted to get away, because again, depression, um, if I wanted to get away from Luke, I was able to get away from Luke and that sounds really bad, but I was breastfeeding And I think that really honestly is what carried our relationship through because I was like really struggling mentally, but I think breastfeeding honestly carried me through and and with Luke as well um, to just not lose like that mother-son bond until I could get over my mental issues, if that makes sense. And I don't have any guilt over that. Um, For example, a lot of people could, if they so desired, mom shamed me for six weeks into Luke's life, into postpartum for me, um, and into my husband, six weeks from my husband getting back from Afghanistan, Austin and I went on our honeymoon. We hadn't gone on a honeymoon yet. And we, like, we went to Six Flags in San Antonio and like spent one night in a hotel. And that's like it. So that wasn't, that wasn't a honeymoon. <laughs> it was just like a nice little fun trip uh, while we were in Texas, uh, right after we got married. But we went to Galveston and Luke stayed with my parents for two nights. And man, first of all, <laughs> pumping was a disaster. Um, I had pumped. Well, like, like I, it wasn't a disaster. It was really, 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 really good. But that was the disaster. I had an oversupply of milk. And anybody who's had an oversupply of milk knows that it's not all fun and games. Um, I had pumped almost, what, 160 ounces, I think, of milk prior to our trip so for six weeks I had not only completely nourished our son so enough milk for him to grow into the big boy he is today I not only pumped that much I pumped 160 ounces more than that and that was just what we brought in the freezer and so there was still some left at home like there was so much but I prepared for this trip right so he had dozens and dozens and dozens of milk left over even when we got back um he did not go short of milk (laughs) um but I who have been I'd been breastfeeding at this point for a really long time for a really short amount of time I didn't I guess I just underestimated how often I need to pump to maintain like not leaking everywhere all the time and so I pumped all of the normal times of day that I was, I would have been feeding him for those two and a half days we were gone. And then at night, our first night, I slept through the night because like, I don't have a baby waking me up every two hours. So I slept and I woke up in the middle of the night and Austin's like, Jessica. And I'm like, oh my gosh, there is milk everywhere. And like, not to be graphic, but it's just breast milk. It was like, I was soaked. I had PJs on and my PJs were soaked. Um, like all the way to where it was like going into my back. Like that's how soaked my PJs were. The 
sheets were soaked the like my pillow was soaked like the blankets were soaked. like we had to do like a full load of laundry and thank goodness the airbnb we were at had like extra sheets and stuff we had to do like a full load of laundry and then after all of that had leaked out of my body i pumped six bottles worth so i had two bottles on each boob and i literally it started to overflow as i'm just sitting there watching youtube videos like trying to you know stay awake enough to not fall over and my milk go everywhere again i literally it starts to overflow and i'm like crap 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 so then i have to like pour it into the thing and then i have to take the bag and you know stuff and then i have to put another the the empty bottle now like put it back on and six bottles after i leaked everywhere everywhere (laughs) six bottles more and so those are whole like eight ounce bottles 10 ounce bottles whatever they were oh my gosh anyway that's long story but a lot of people could mom shame mom shame me for that but it's exactly what we needed uh first of all we never got a honeymoon second of all we'd spent nine months away from each other third of all i had gone through the entire pregnancy labor and delivery by myself uh with my mom but you know without him and then fourth of all, uh, I just don't feel guilty. <laughs> I don't feel guilty. I felt guilty for a minute. And then I was like, nope, no, no, no. That's, that's, we needed that. But yeah, it was about that point. It was about anywhere from three weeks postpartum or so. And then he was six weeks whenever we went on that trip. And it lasted probably until he was about six to eight months old. So I had postpartum depression and a touch of postpartum anxiety, but mostly just the depression from about the time that he was a month old till he was about seven months old. Let's just like roughly say about that. That's like six months of his life and my life that I straight up don't remember a lot of. And I'm glad we had Snapchat. (laughs) I'm glad we had, you know, Facebook and stuff like that. And I have pictures and videos and stuff because literally I don't remember a lot of it. And thanks to Austin's mom, actually, uh, I just recently recognized that as like trauma to my brain. Like the reason I don't remember it is because my brain was trying to like block it out. And there are some times where I watch a video or see a picture or something like that. And I'm like, you know, it's usually of Luke. And I'm like, oh, wow, like, I don't remember him, you know, having that, you know, bald spot on his head. Or I don't remember him, you know, being that chunky for that amount of time. And then, you know, before he started crawling or I don't remember, you know, things like that. And then, of course, like, not a lot of it has to do with me. But like, I don't remember, you know, those bags under my eyes. or I don't remember, you know, the little things about me that I don't remember. And I'm like, oh, wow, like, I don't remember that. And at first it was just kind of like, you know because I'm a mom and I have to remember a lot of other things. But no, it was like, I straight up don't remember that because my brain blocked it out because it was too hard to think about and process. So that's fun. But I didn't want to die. I didn't want to kill myself. I didn't want to harm my baby. You know, all the big severe things that they say, you know, oh, this is when you know, you know, you know, kind of deal. Um, It wasn't baby blues, which is what I was told about. I was told about baby blues at two weeks, you know, kind of talk to your doctor, blah, blah, blah. If it lasts longer than that. But I didn't have baby blues. And so since my baby blues didn't last longer than two weeks because they didn't even start when he was born, I thought that it didn't like count, I guess. And it just wasn't ever severe enough to where I thought I needed to go get medication or go to a doctor or anything like that. So that being said, please, if you are going to have a baby or you have a baby and you are, you know, postpartum and it's, you know, a few months later or something like that and you're severely depressed, you can chalk that up to postpartum depression (laughs) um it it could potentially be that you don't have to have an extended amount of baby blues for it to be considered 
postpartum depression. It could be late set. And that's what I had with Jamie, for example, I had little to no prenatal depression or anxiety, but I had late set, like really late set postpartum depression and anxiety about four months after she was born. So the depression side, you know, was pretty standard. I had dealt with it for, you know, I got pregnant with her four months after I had Luke. So I I guess you could say I had prenatal because it was technically prenatal and postpartum at the same time. (laughs) But oh well, Um, Jamie was planned. In case you didn't know, he got back from deployment. We were like, I don't know when the next time you're going to be here for a pregnancy is. So let's get pregnant right now. It was a great decision, obviously, because we got this perfect little baby child out of it. Uh, But when I realized that I was having postpartum depression and anxiety was already pretty much I was getting out of it. I didn't see it as a big enough problem again. Like I said, it wasn't severe enough. I wasn't, you know, wanting to die or anything like that. It was hard because it was COVID. Um, I had her in September of 2020. I had gotten pregnant with her uh, two months or three months before COVID was like announced as a thing, but we were home all the time. And Austin and I have never been around each other that much. And most people would say like, oh crap, like that must have sucked. Cause like, you know, we'd literally never been around each other that much, but honestly it was great. He might've not seen it as great as I did. I thought it was pretty freaking great, (laughs) but I loved it. I loved, you know, he wasn't even like allowed to go to work. And so I was just like living the dream. Like neither of us had to work. Like we wanted, we did, like I, I wanted to work. And so I worked like inside the home. Um, But, like, neither of us had to go to work every day, and we just kind of, like, chilled and did whatever we wanted, and we had a cute little baby boy, and we were excited about baby girl, and so, like, it was kind of, like, a great time. I was still depressed, though, and so I should have known, like, my situation's pretty okay, so why am I depressed kind of thing, but I just didn't see it. I guess it just wasn't severe enough. I didn't see it as a problem, and six weeks after... So after she was born, six weeks later, we had moved 15 hours away to where we are now. And so it's like, it's a complicated time. (laughs) We got told in January that we were supposed to go to Germany. And then eight months later, right before we're supposed to, you know, get flights and stuff, we get told we're not going to Germany. And then we get told we're going to Campbell. Then we get told, you know, all this stuff. And she came late and like she was, I was induced with her a day after her due date. And so like there was just all of these things that were up in the air and life was complicated. And so of course I'm anxious, you know, thing that I just didn't think about it like that. But then, yeah, when she was about four months old, so after we'd already moved, the holidays were over, everything like that, that's when I started to get postpartum depression and this time anxiety more so where, you know, like, not to freak you out, but, like, where I would wake up and, like, have to go check on them because I thought they weren't breathing or something like that. And it, you know, when it's over and over and over, it's a problem. <laughs> you know, like there's there's normal mom anxiety where you're like, oh my gosh, did they, you know, roll over weird? Or, you know, oh, is the crib safe? Or, you know, like normal, like I would say, honestly, for like first time moms, first time moms are going to have a lot of those feelings. Um, but this was like beyond that. And it was my second kid. And I had done all of this before and I was still like freaking out about it. So that's not normal. And I could go into more detail about all of this, about postpartum depression, anxiety, even just regular depression, anxiety, which I dealt with um, in middle school through high school, all of my experiences and all of how I got over these things, how I continue to beat it all on a regular basis. Um, I don't regularly feel 
depressed or anxious or anything like that. But there are seasons of life where I do and then I, you know, get over it. And I'm like, I'm not saying get over it like I just get over it. I'm saying get over it like I use coping skills and things that I've learned to get over it. Um, it's a process, but I get over it. And so I can talk more about that in a separate podcast um, because I want to keep this more baby centered. But yeah, if y'all would like that, then let me know and I can do that. And again, not a problem if you do rely on medication. Um, I think that for a time, it's totally great and helpful. I don't agree with people taking it for the rest of their lives or relying on it, but, you know, to each their own. Anyway, something I do want to touch on with this podcast specifically is the change of priorities and the sacrifice of the former life uh, that you had that's basically required of you. And if it's not something that you have done or something that you think should be done, um, I'm here to convince you that it should be. <laughs> so <laughs> marriage and parenthood in general show you how selfish you are. Like I had said at the beginning of the podcast, that's kind of the point of this. It it really, they both really show you how selfish you are. But parenthood, I believe more so than marriage. I tell teenagers all the time at students and stuff like that, student night, that true love is sacrifice, right? We know that because of Jesus. But in human life, marriage is a great representation of Jesus' love for us and what his sacrifice meant because marriage is where you should be starting the majority of the sacrifices that prove how much you love the person that you married. So when you're dating, there isn't a lot of sacrifices. It's like, yeah, sure, you talk to other guys less or, you know, you talk to other girls less or, you know, Austin used a lot of gas to come travel for me. And like there were like time sacrifices here and there and stuff like that. But nothing <laughs> is on the level of marriage, like nothing. And we've only been married for four years, four years, right? We've only been married for four years. So we don't even know like some of the like more sacrifice we know because kids kids is a lot of sacrifices too but we don't even know some of the sacrifices we're gonna have to make as the kids get older as we get older as careers change as you know all of these things go on we don't even know <laughs> and that's why I believe marriage should get better with time like good wine um because that's that's what has to happen is you have to repeatedly choose them over and over and over and you've heard it said before you know love isn't an emotion it's a decision and it's true you have to decide to sacrifice you have to decide to love your spouse right if you are about to get married or you're newlywed and you don't think that you're ever going to come to that point like you're in the honeymoon stage still or you know even you're dating and you're like oh yeah but it's never really going to be that hard because we love each other it's like no it's gonna be hard because you love each other but because you love each other, it's not going to be as hard. <laughs> and that sounds dumb. And it's just, it's just true. So that being said, parenthood, <laughs> you want to go out whenever you want to go out. You want to stay up late and play the music really loud and play the TV really loud and not have to worry about children waking up. You know, your organization, your living room has to do with more with toys and playtime than it does with what you have and your stuff. Uh, you want to get stuff done on your timetable. You want to run errands when you want to run errands. You want to sleep in late, etc. and so forth. But that's just not your reality anymore. And that's good. And that's okay. And I believe that if you do parenting right, you should be a much mat more mature, more healthy, a more emotionally stable, a more reliable, and a more selfless person 
than you were pre-baby if you're doing it right. I'm not saying that you're going to be perfect. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm not saying that by the time they go to kindergarten, you'll be on Jesus's level. I'm not saying that, you know, I've got it all figured out and this is how it's got to be and you just got to give up everything for your kids. Like, it's not true. Like, it, it's just not, it's a balance. But I am saying if you aren't willing to get better for your kids or for yourself, you're just going about it the wrong way. If you aren't willing to be more selfless and to give up things for your kids and you think like I thought, which was, I don't want to give up my career. I don't want to give up, you know, which, you know, it makes sense. It makes sense as an adult in today's society. I don't want to give up my career. Okay, cool. You know, I don't want to give up having a job. I don't want to give up going to college. I don't want to give up, you know, all of these things just to be a mom. The mentality shift that has to take place is I can still be a great mom and do these things, but I have to figure out what's actually in the plans for me. What's in God's actual plans for me now? It was not probably ever in God's plans for me to be on Broadway. And that's something that now I am like totally okay with. Like that, duh. Like I like sleep. (laughs) So it's a great thing I'm not on Broadway because I like to sleep, you know, kind of thing. Um, And for example, switching career paths and switching college tracks and everything like these things are great things. I'm really glad that, you know, since I'm obviously not going to be on Broadway, I don't need a theater arts degree. I like having a theater arts degree and I teach theater arts, which is great. But having, you know, homeschooling, which is something I really wanted to do for a long time before I even went to college, I wanted to homeschool my future kids. Having an education degree and having a music degree and a music education degree, all of these things fit a lot better than a theater arts degree would. And so God knew that and I didn't know that, but now I know that. The last point that I want to make before I wrap this episode up is something that I barely touched on last time. I'm going to barely touch on it today and I'm probably going to barely touch on it in the future because it's really hard for people to hear and a lot of people have a lot of arguments and it's kind of controversial and that's totally fine, but we can talk about it. Your relationship with your kids should not come first. It should come third. Okay. So in a healthy home, it's you and your relationship with God, then it's you and your relationship with your spouse, then it's you and your relationship with your kids. And the reason why I say that, I wanted to dig in a little bit deeper than I did last time. Um, Oh, and then of course, you have your relationship between you and your family and friends. So what I want to say a little bit deeper than last time, going a little bit deeper, is that if you aren't modeling marriage for your children, which is a love that's supposed to be unconditional and forever, right? If you aren't modeling them that, then you're teaching them, even if it's sub-level, you're, you're teaching them that your love for them is potentially conditional too. That they can not only dip out on their spouse when their kids come along, but for example, children of divorce. If you're willing to dip out on a salvageable relationship. I'm not saying that every divorce is bad. You know, there's some divorces that are, they make sense and they're biblically sound and like they should happen. But if you're willing to dip out on your spouse in a salvageable relationship, then why wouldn't they have the insecurity of, well, what if my mom or my dad stopped loving me too, just like they stopped loving each other and they chose each other. Like they just met me because I just popped out of nowhere. But like, They chose each other after dating and being engaged. They chose each other and they still gave up. Also, your kids hopefully one day want to get married and 
even if they don't, you know, they still want to have a full life outside of their relationship with you. They want to leave (laughs) the house, hopefully, you know, get a job Um, and, you know, eventually cleave onto into their spouse. So what are you going to do when they leave and you're stuck with this older and changed and different and foreign unknown person that you've ignored for the past 18 years you know like what are you gonna do whenever you're like oh crap you still live here (laughs) I've ignored you because I've been spending all my time with the kids probably gonna divorce them because you don't want to be with them anymore and you fell out of love with them so instead you can make the decision to work on our relationship constantly and to maintain our marriage first so that we have a healthier home, not only healthier immediately because we're arguing less and we're talking more and our children are learning from us and stuff like that, but also healthier family in the sense of our kids are going to want to be around us and we're not going to have, you know, split homes and broken homes. And whenever they move out, they'll have a healthy and fun place to come back with their kids to show them like, you know, life is hard, but when you work harder, then life is hard. Then you can have a healthy family and marriage and relationship with your kids and all of these things start with that umbrella it's god then your spouse then your kids then your family and friends anyway we're wrapping up fears and excitements of mine going into three under three (laughs) um so first of all i want to recognize my postpartum depression and anxiety if and assuming when, but if I deal with it after Jaden, then I want to recognize it as it's happening or even as it's coming on. I don't want to recognize it after I've passed it because I've done that twice now and it sucks and it's annoying. Second, uh, I want to somehow still maintain like I did with Lukey Bear. I did really good at this. So I just really want to maintain balancing all the cuddles with my older two because I do plan on breastfeeding, so I am already going to be very much cuddled with Jaden, <laughs> but I want to make sure that I don't just, you know, leave Luke and Jamie in the dust, and I want to give them the cuddles. They're very cuddly toddlers, and I chalked that up to reading books and breastfeeding and just having, like, a cuddly nature about myself. <laughs> I'm a physical touch type of person, um, but yeah, my kids love to cuddle, so I'm hoping I can maintain that. Third, I want to just be really intentional and purposeful in shifting everything again with my scheduling and planning and everything because it is gonna shift (laughs) and I think I have it figured out and the next day I won't um but because I'm gonna have three babies and one of them is gonna be attached to me at all times (laughs) and so the other two are gonna want my attention and all these things and it I just know that you know I'm already like outnumbered having two is already outnumbering me but now I'm outnumbered by my arms too and so I can't carry all three of them I can try but I probably can't carry all three of them at the same time like I carry both of mine right now um so yeah shifting all of that again uh and then lastly just prioritizing date nights which we've been pretty okay about doing date nights once a week Austin and I um lately minus like the holidays and traveling seasons and stuff like that but we've been doing date nights once a week and so Maintaining that and just maintaining open and honest communication throughout the week, uh, not just on date nights, not just on the weekends when we have ample time, but also throughout the week. But yeah, a lot has been said and a lot of it I probably could have said better, um, but I hope you hear my heart 
and a lot of what I said was pretty controversial. <laughs> um, also, a lot of what I said was pretty uh, specific to me and my experience. And so if you had a different experience, then okay. If you plan on having a different experience, then I hope you do because I was very young and learning a lot and I wish I could have had a different experience. <laughs> but what I've learned is that parenthood is a sacrifice just like marriage is a sacrifice you can't be selfish and that's okay selfish in the sense of like bad selfish you can take care of yourself definitely take care of yourself but taking care of yourself isn't selfish taking care of yourself is like a duh like you got to put on your own oxygen mask before you can put on other people's and so you have to take care of yourself before you take care of others that's not selfish period okay <laughs> moving on um not only is you know, you do you have to take care of yourself and is that not selfish? But if you do recognize something as you were being selfish, for example, if, you know, you don't, you didn't give up, you know, going out and partying all the time and you're still doing that, then it's like, you know, you don't have to feel guilty or shameful about it. Just change. <laughs> like there's every single day you wake up and every single moment you take another breath and you have the opportunity to do better. And so also not shaming anybody not doing any of that it's literally just every day you got to try and be better and if you're not going to do it for yourself do it for your kids i hope you enjoyed this episode and i hope i didn't offend you too much <laughs> if you liked this episode let me know if you didn't like this episode let me know you can uh message me uh if you have my number you can just text me but if you don't you can go on to the instagram page for this podcast at man.o.man.podcast and follow me there message me there let me know what you thought let me know if you do want another episode with more about depression and anxiety not related to kids because i know my audience is not just parents be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review. It really helps people know about what's going on and that this podcast even exists. And I just thank you guys so much for the support. This is the fourth episode, which is crazy already. I've already done four episodes. Um, and I'm super excited about next. The next two weeks is going to be more about my adoption story. Um, I'm really excited for that. My parents are going to kind of talk through the situation because obviously I wasn't there. I wasn't born yet <laughs> when they met my birth mom and I was but a little baby. I was eight months old when I was officially adopted and so I don't remember it. <laughs> um, but my parents were going to tell the story. I'm super excited. Be sure and share and uh, yeah, tune in next week and till next time, love on your kiddos if you have them and just thank God for them, especially when they're acting crazy, especially when they're acting crazy.